Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Yet Rated. My name is Dean James. Great to have your company. And for all the latest news regarding our podcast, check us out on Facebook, Facebook. and give us a like at NYR Podcasts. And on this week's episode, it was our very first audience choice. Yeah, you bastard. You bastard. Yes, and I'm talking about you out there now. Donato, DJ and Gregorio, a big thank you to you and yeah, your cheers, shout out for our chosen or your chosen film for this week, which is the Derek Borte, a 2009 film, The Joneses. Now, Just call him Bort. Yeah, Bort, Borte, I don't know, Bort, I don't know what it is. Never heard of the See, director. Dino started really fucking strong because here we are <laughs> and we're in the salacious confines of Studio D. Yes. Where, you know, our personalities are no longer a liability. This yeah. is a safe space. And Dino fucked up the intro. I did. So then he came out and as soon as it worked, he's just fucking hammered it. Oh, thank you. I, I, I love knew, it. I had a feeling you were going to actually mention it in today's podcast. Well, it's a I've, very rare. In fact, it is ladies very and gentlemen, rare. that is the first time he's ever fucked up Actually, the intro. no, it's not. It was the second time because I fucked up the introduction on our very first episode. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. Don't you remember that? No. For our Full Metal Jacket episode. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that was teething problems. <laughs> I mean, it's just a big red fucking button. That is what I'm calling it. I know. How yeah. easy is that? But uh, yes, Donato, what an interesting choice yeah, um, to, to choose the Joneses. So yeah, this film, Demi Moore and David Duchovny. Now it's, you know. It's not the X-Files. It's certainly, it's far from the X-Files. And, um, far from it. Amber, Amber Schlerd. Amber Schlerd, yes, exactly. What's the, what's the son's name? Oh, that was Ben Hollingsworth. That's Ben's right. Ben Hollingsworth. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. Like, the film starts. And also, it, look, it, in fair, fairness to everybody that's going to listen to this, if you haven't seen it, we can't talk about this film without spoiling the ever-loving fuck out of it. I totally agree because there's going to be some spoilers and there's going to be some things that I'm like, really going to critique here. You can't talk about this film without actually burying it. So I think the easiest way to do this mm. is to basically say – that the four main characters that are playing a family are actually influencers, mm. but not in an Instagram sense, in a physical sense. And so the whole sort of thing, and I'm just fucking telling you the entire thing, <laughs> is that they're there to improve sales on products that yeah. they're basically demoing as humans. Yeah. So it's not like a social media experiment. And that's one of the things that I think this movie has got so many different ideas, but shit, it was made 10 years too early. It is. But also as well, I want to add on to that. I actually think it's an interesting time when this film was made because it was at that time of the global financial crisis yeah. of 2008 where, you know, a lot of the things that were happening in society was based around consumerists and real estate and everything just going completely bonkers. Yeah. And this film being sort of a, a, a kind of a, a play on, but also there's some serious elements to this film yeah, there are. Um, that actually connect very well to the global financial crisis. So that's yeah. the more positive aspects I have about this film. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have more negatives about this film than I do with positives. <laughs> <laughs> Putting that out there now. Yeah. Yeah, I do have some negatives, but I look, and I'm actually going to start with a negative actually. All right, um, hit me. All right. So the introduction. Yeah. As you mentioned, you mentioned about um, these characters. So you've got Kate, Steve, Mick and Jen Jones. Okay. Yeah. Now, when I was first watching this film, and as I said, I've never seen it before. 
let alone heard, heard of, of it. it. I, I hated there was this cross cutting thing at the start of the film, which I just felt already oh. on edge already, and I hated it. It was this idea where the cross cutting is where you've got these people that are moving all of this stuff like into their house, into the house, yeah. and then it cross cuts to them driving to their house. And I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't you? be there and I know that obviously now that I've seen the whole film that makes sense but when I was watching it for the first time I thought that is just stupid and fucked up it wasn't it was the kind of thing where it was kind of semi like it was good because it was detached but at the same time it was stupid because it didn't give you believability and that was the thing that I really have issue with is about the believability and this kind of goes a little bit later I think it's about 15 minutes later into the film I'm jumping ahead here as well but you've got the the character of Steve and he's played by David Coffney and he's just in bed and I was thinking to myself well, why isn't he sleeping with his wife because it's not really oh. subtle at that moment in time yeah so what they do in that situation because Steve's in there and um, they do a family video portrait to grandma yes and he's like oh this is this new and they it's their neighbour what's the neighbour's name Gary Cole that's right yeah, yeah. what was his character's name uh, his name was Larry that's right Larry yeah, Simmons so, yeah yeah Larry's the next door neighbour and mm. who's sort of the crux you know he's point number one for sales entry for David Duchovny's character. That's right. And they're doing this thing where he's sort of like, oh, check it out and you should come over and have you tried one of these European beers? And the sale's really hard from the start. Oh, 100%. Without knowing anything about it, I was like, okay. Mm. Because he was like, have you tried one of these beers? Mm. And, oh, we're just taking this video for grandma. We're going to send it. And, hey, grandma and the whole family. And then what happens is he goes in to see his wife, quote-unquote wife, that night. And he's yep. like, oh, it was a good start. And she's like, yeah. And I said, this is a real comfy bed. Mm. And then he fucks off and goes to his own bed. Yeah, I know. And that was the and thing. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And I didn't get a lot of that subtlety like straight away. I just no. didn't get it. Um, and, and it sort of changed for me when that moment where he is laying in bed and all of a sudden... Amber Heard's, Amber Heard's character walks into the bed, and at first I thought it was Demi Moore. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah. He tries know, to root him. Try- yeah. And then it turns out the daughter, and I'm thinking to myself, why is the daughter trying to fuck the father? Yeah. And uh, I had a little bit uh, of a disturbing element there. <laughs> but then, of course, the, that was where, yeah, we do find out that, yeah, this family is completely fake. And yeah, it's an invented family. It is an invented family. So he's doing things to integrate himself by playing golf at the club. And he's, yeah. his, his background before he was a living advertisement, mm. billboard type person, yeah. was a golf pro and car salesman. That's right. And um, it's interesting because, yeah, he's the rookie here. Yeah, he's the new sales guy. He is. And you've got uh, Kate, who's played by Demi Moore. And she's, she's the boss of the unit. She is the boss of the unit. That's right. And, yeah, as you said before, I mean, there are these particular type of marketers who are really trying to get sales for all of this product placement, all that sort of thing. Like and poisoning their neighbours poisoning their neighbor. they want it. That's yeah. exactly right. I mean, there, there is a bit of product placement in this film for sure like oh. Under Armour's there and Puma Jesus and Christ Audi yeah that was another one there's a few others I noticed well I mean see it's one of those things where it's like you know the only time that I've seen the product placement acknowledged in a film as blatantly was in Wayne's World oh yes oh I can never forget that moment that in Wayne's moment World where they cut through and they're just like yes and it's the choice of, of a, a new generation, generation. Oh, so, you know, Mike Myers that, <laughs> so that that was really self-effacing and knowing what it was doing yeah. and this one was trying to make it subtle but their language got more aggressive yep. and more sales sounding as the film went on and that's what I found really interesting about 
the film because uh, later on uh, we're introduced to this character who's played uh, by an actress by the name of Lauren Hutton. I don't know if you're familiar with Lauren Hutton. Oh, my God. <laughs> Every time I see this actress, I just think of her and her sex scenes in a film called American Gigolo. Have you ever seen that film? Oh, is she that uh, yeah. airy one? Oh. Airy. Like, I mean, you describe her performances in a lot of films as airy, right? Yeah, correct. That's her? That's her. Yeah, I yeah. know who you're talking about. I know. Those sex scenes in that film, so oh, boring. Yeah. Oh, they're terrible. But anyway, um, yeah, so she's essentially like the There's big There's nothing wig, for you, she? ladies and gentlemen, in those sex scenes. <laughs> There's nothing. So don't Except even watch. if you ever think that your sex at home is shit house, yeah. watch it in that film. Yeah, watch it in that film with Richard Gere. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, she's like the big boss. And it turns out that her job is, or Demi Moore's job is obviously to try and continue with the unit. Yeah, and so all they those do a sales report. Yeah, they get this sales <laughs> report. And the sales report of David Duchovny, he's like at 5%. 3.5. Or 3.5. Oh, you remembered it very well. You... Uh, I watched it last night. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it a few nights ago. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may so not he was at 3.5. Right. The son was at 13. The yeah. daughter was at 15. And Demi Moore was like at 23 or something. That's right. So she's and got a pretty good track record. So the daughter was insidiously because she did herself really doled up and got particular clothes and yep. went in and made people want them. Mm. And then she was sharing like lipstick and people were like, oh. Yeah. So she was doing it like that. The son was driving a nice car, but was keeping a really low profile, but doing things like showing people, you know, the new Nintendo that he got and all that sort of stuff. So Mm. they were infiltrating the high school really effectively because, you know, it would work. Oh, 100%. High school students, geez. Even though both he and Amber Heard look like they're about 20 fucking five. They do. They don't look their age at all. They don't look like high school students. He looks super mature. He looks like... Five years younger than David Duchovny. Yeah, but it, it is such a common trope in a lot of films yeah. with teenagers, you know, like actors. Yeah, that but are, how come like, their classmates look like that? I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. But <gasps> yeah, oh, it's just, just absolutely craziness. But so essentially over this period in time, so really because Steve, he's going to need to sort of improve his rating, doesn't he? Well, really? as Matthew McConaughey once said, they're rookie numbers. You need to pump that shit up. Yeah, you do. And as Alec Baldwin once said, shit, man, ABC. Yep, always be closing. So he's he's on the thing and basically he's falling for, and that's the subtext of this film, yeah. he's falling for the Demi Moore. He's, yeah. falling, he's falling for the boss. And he keeps trying to initiate these kind of things and keep the charade. And his head isn't in the game of selling to people. He's mm. doing direct marketing to one-on-ones where he's like doing golf pro lessons. Yeah. Uh, not golf pro lessons, but he's playing games with the guys and then talking about it and having beers with the boys and showing them lawnmowers, mm. which is, you know, he sells them a lawnmower with a TV in it. Mm. And a bunch of them hop on board. But it's direct yeah. So his is. thing is, and she's like, you've got to get more stealth in the way that you're not stealth, but you've got to get targeted is that you can't be the only influencer. You mm. need to influence people who influence people. Exactly. And I think that's a very effective way of marketing anyway. Yeah. You know, and, and no wonder, like, as we see later in the film, Steve's percentage just goes completely up. Yeah. So he? Steve basically seduces the guy who runs <laughs> in a non-sexual way. Yeah. Uh, seduces the guy who runs the pro shop. Yes. And then the guy from the pro shop does his selling for him. I know. And I thought that was pretty uh, And it was a, a clever way, way to do it because yeah, I agree. about it. So the guy, I think the director was a marketing person. Oh, yeah. I did look a little bit up of some of the stuff yeah, he's done. So I know he hasn't done a lot of films and stuff. So but there's, a, there's, a, there's a real sort of nasty cynicism to capitalistic expenditure and, and, and goods and items and stuff in here. So obviously oh. at the GFC, that was something that was there but mm. this is like 
Venom. And that's the explicit ideology coming through here, which is what I got from the film is around yeah. the idea around, you know, how capitalism is really such a, can be a really well, awful thing. Yeah, but it's also that thing that it really shows well, which is that it's a mask. You know, it's everybody's yeah. outward appearance yeah. is um, something that's desirable and yeah. you want to be like that. And, you know, that was the cool thing when the doors shut mm. and the family, the fake family's like, fuck you, I'm going to bed yeah. and don't talk to me. And, you know, and how much- Demi Moore's like, I told you not to fuck him and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Like, the characters there are really ugly, but then it also translates like that that capitalistic urge to possess things. Yeah. Now that they've been talked into buying things, yeah. actually is poisoning everyone that they're touching as and well. And that's the thing, the consumerism of it, you know, it's just absolutely insane. Like, it's, it's got to do with this idea of being so consumed by it and just not taking over your lives, essentially. And that's yeah. where a lot of that consumerist comes into the sort of the subplot, which I really got a lot out of from this film. And now I'm talking about the Gary Cole character. I think yes. He is the most realistic character in this film. We're going to talk about We this. need to talk about him. Because he is so good in this film. He's the only good <laughs> performance in this film. I'm saying this really slowly because <laughs> I want to make it really, really clear, clear that Demi Moore, I couldn't oh, just, uh, I just didn't feel their chemistry together even later in the film yeah. when David Duchovny was actually trying to and they know, were sort have of some feelings. to each yeah, other. No, she I, still got nothing. Fuck, yeah. I got nothing from, from it. But also- That's I was, also where they fucked the ending. I have some criticisms about that ending. Don't you worry about that. I'm going to get to that. So Gary Cole character being your all-American neighbour is yeah. the wife is unfulfilled and yes. the marriage is just not that happy. Yeah, he's doing right. all right in business and he yeah, starts he doing these things that Steve is suggesting. Yeah. He's buying her presents and mm. things are looking up for him. Mm. But at the same time, he's overextending and you can start to see the cracks appear. So they hold, so what they do is they're like, we need to get a mass marketing event so they hold a party. Yeah, that's right. So before the party, one of the things I want to talk about is um, just real quick the mm. relationship between the the students. So they have the student party as well. Oh, of course. So what happens is the adults have a party, mm. and um, Gary Cole's character's in there, and he's pissed. Yeah, he is. Wait, did, no, student happened first. That happened first, and yeah, then later so, on, he, yeah, yeah, he got pissed, and then they had the yeah, argument. right. Yeah. So what happened was that there was a student party, and mm. um, the yeah with Mick. Yeah. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so Mick was at the party and see this is one of those things where it's like have you tried to pack too much into this mm. but interesting way to do it was that first off they were told by their horrible boss lady that they needed to sell like squeezy fruit box versions of alcoholic beverages yeah that's right and the parents are like this is going to be a hard sell so you Demi Moore and Steve mm. are just like we don't drink this mm. and the kids are like that's our fucking demographic yeah, yeah. and it is yeah it is of course you know, it is it's yeah. one of those alcohol pop things so they have a party with the other ones and they take Steve's car out for a drive. That's right. But the brother is actually trying to pick up the brother of a girl he's been talking with. That's right. So his thing is that not only is he pretending to be a marketer, Mm. he's also closeted. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing because he's trying to be fitting in with this girl named Naomi. Yeah. And then then after, yeah, they go in the car and then they drive off. Naomi actually follows them. So she's drunk and she feels like she's been left. That's right. And then she goes, she runs a red light and Mm. gets douched. Yeah, she gets in a car accident. Yeah, Like as soon as you see that youth party, you can tell that the wheels are going to come off this show. Yeah. And like that was something where I was like, we knew this was coming. Thank you for tearing the bandaid off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So at least for me, that act of the film where it was like, okay, you're getting your sales numbers like, 
that's over now, mm. thankfully. Yes. And, you know, the boss was trying to resurrect it and, you know, they were hiding the brother from the cops and then, you know, the family unit as it is sort of explodes where mm. she's like, you're closeted and he's like, well, at least you're not crazy, you know, you're crazy and you're trying to ruin Yeah, she's everyone. an infomaniac. Yeah, and then Steve's been doing all right. Mm. And so because his sales have been up, the Demi Moore character's quite good. She's like, we need to do some damage control yes. so we have a party. Yeah, that's right. And that's, like, that's exactly what you do, yeah. don't you? You're well, like, everything's going wrong. Let's have a fucking party. <laughs> that's exactly right. But yeah, she ends up, uh, I'm talking about the daughter, Jen. She ends up having this sort of flirtatious, an affair with, affair with this of, guy, Alex, who yeah, who's is like a, you know, like he's a late someone in the of, community and that sort of thing. He's one of the wives of the people that she's been selling. That's to. right. Not her character, the Demi Moore character. The Demi so Moore, the Demi Moore yeah. character had been like, she goes to salons and she's getting treatments and influencing all the people that she's having brunch with. So, mm. you know, she's gone full step with wives with her sales pitch. Yeah. So that's where she's come from. And that's also where, you know, this character meets the father and partner of this person. So that's where that's happened and then so they're throwing this party (laughs) and then Gary Cole gets drunk yeah he gets really drunk and there's a little bit of a a mild kind of confrontation between him and uh, Steve Steve at some point because it turns out that she's you know once again it's this obsession with consumerism you know with the whole credit cards and everything all the stuff that essentially Gary Cole's character is buying based on the influence of of Steve Steve, like the car as well and then eventually yeah he gets the Audi doesn't he yeah he does um, but even though uh, Gary Cole gets this other car which was similar to the previous car that Steve had had before he got the Audi but he got the Audi because his marketing percentage went up yeah Big time. Yeah. So he got a new car as a basically a sales bonus. That's right. Which is also an influencing gift. Exactly. Like, you know, you yeah. drive it, people will want it. Because that's where it's going. It's it's going to this direction well, it's accelerating where it is well. accelerating, yeah, that Steve's percentage is just going up and up and up. He's just really doing it uh, very well. And then I think that's that point where Lauren Hutton's character comes back and sort of offers – him, yeah, the, an alternative. Yeah, do you want a new fam? Yeah, these do you people want to, suck. Yeah, but obviously he doesn't do that because you've got that well, side plot. Which, by the way, I have to say, this subplot I knew it was coming, oh, yeah. and I was not happy about it when it did come because it just made me dislike the film a little bit more. Um, and I think also the way she did it with taking him out to dinner and all they're doing is talking shop. <sighs> Yeah. How to get your numbers up and all yeah, that sort of stuff. And yeah. she's starting to crack and show feelings for him. You think, but the thing is that she's so disingenuous she can't tell anyway. Well, that was the thing. And that's that lack of chemistry as well. That's exactly right. And that's the thing that I find really, really interesting here because with regard to when they do eventually get into the bed. Oh, yeah. 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 Just nothing. Nah. Just nothing there. Nah. And I thought to myself... Is she really, may as well have been like an anime yeah, wife body and, pillow, and that's right. And I thought to myself, is she manipulating him? That's what I thought. Well, I mean, you've got such a sense of cynicism from it from this point. Is it that shocking that that's how you feel? Yeah, no, no. You know, like that's the character's sort of projector in this. The only one that's got some sort of it's not even a it's not even a humanity, but some sort of crack that shows through that they might have something is the Steve character. But at the same time, Steve's so apathetic. Yeah. Because he's such a lackadaisical, mm, mm. lazy, you know, it's that real David Duchovny kind of drawl sort of character that when he's doing these things, you don't feel that he's invested in it anyway. Mm. So that means that you don't get the feeling from him. So he's supposed to be your humanity in this beacon. And at mm. the same time, he's like, eh. 
And I did have that little bit more respect uh, of that character a little bit later on, which was where it went up a little bit for me at that point. But yeah, you're talking I, I, about the pool. I'm talking about the pool. And I are we up to that point? I think we better talk about it. Um, Fucking best scene in the film. Look, I, I, I agree. I actually do think it's the best scene in the film. Just before we get to that, like one of the things, just to talk about the cinematography, just fuck off. It's terrible. There are so many things in this film with regard to how it was made is not good. The cinematography, yes, there's just, there are lots of moments in the film. You could have used the cinematography to do something cool with the product But there wasn't. And that's what I was going to say. That's the thing, like it doesn't emphasize the kind of, it doesn't give you tricks to know what the people are doing through the filming where you could have done mm. something so fucking cool with that. And to add to that from the cinematography, that wasn't my biggest issue. My Uh biggest issue was more around the production design was not really fully explored to, nah. it's to the way in which I would have liked it to because inside that house that they have, like you only get a little bit of a sense of what it's like. I mean, I wanted yeah. more around the materialism of yeah. it. You if know, the materials even, that's in there, the props. If um, you'd even done the David Fincher thing where yeah. <laughs> at the start of Fight Club where it was labelling the yeah. furniture. Yeah. So it was going through the Ikea stuff where it's like, Flugen yeah. rug. Even if there was something, because the thing that they didn't explore, like it was all about the character as opposed to the acts of the character, yeah. but the whole thing was around capitalism. Oh, so of course it was. Play to that. Like, yeah. do something cool with it. I know. It. And you could do that through editing, cutaways, those sorts of things. But the but issue is... you could even is- do it through, like, so for example, like when they were doing the shot at the start, when they're like, it's the new HTC. So it could have zoomed in on the object and sort of panned around as if it was an ad. Mm. You know, like there's so much more you could have done to enhance that sort of gross consumerism by making it feel like the whole thing was actually attacking you with it now. I totally agree. And I think as well, it's interesting too that you say that because the film is really, the clear message is so strong here and you could easily make it more clear to the audience in the way that you articulate and direct it. So yeah, as you're saying, cinematography and production design and editing, you could do so many really good things to it. But also it should play a little bit more on what society was like at that time period. I mean, you only get that little bit of a sense here, which is the positive I have to the film, which is of course going back to the Gary Cole character. But I mean, everything else, I actually found the idea of it a little bit alarming. Like, I'm telling you right now, I had never heard of this whole thing when I watched this film. Yeah, right. And I, the reason why I'm saying I'm alarmed by it is because does this actually exist? Well, do you know some of that? The thing is, well, it does now. Well, yeah, clearly. <laughs> that's people's lives on Instagram. Like, ah, people make a living. That's and a the, really good point. So the thing is that that's why I said this film was made too too early because it's using individuals to sell products as if yeah. it's a lifestyle thing. And, you know, one of the things that they say is, you know, we want them to want to be you. Mm. Your lifestyle is what we want them to sell, your character. Yeah. Whereas there are people literally now who call themselves Social media, yeah, social media influencer. Who literally will get mm. a product and be like, I've done this and I've used this and all that sort of stuff. But it's in their life. Yeah, I totally understand where you're getting from. That so, is, uh, because this actually, hilariously to me, I was like 10 points because you saw what was coming. Your cynicism... Mm, yeah, it's a perfect <laughs> word for it. Cynicism. Accurate. Yes. <laughs> you saw what was happening because now it's about the individual and then the products and the lifestyle that that individual has. Yeah. You know, there's YouTube people who 
like the Australian couple or something that live on a yacht mm. and they just film shit about them being on a yacht and they're fucking raking it in. Like they're selling their lives in that form and they talk mm. about the products that they use and how it's going to work. You know, influencers all over the place, that's how they do it. Yeah. Because you think around that social media sort of thing and that's what this one's missing because the technology didn't exist. No. But it's essentially what it does. Mm. And I don't think this exists because this is too subtle when you've got a medium like Instagram that allows you to do it in an explicit form and nobody bats an eyelid. Yeah. That is such a valid point. Like it's actually a very valid point. And yeah, this one was about a bunch of humans that were selling it in a small area to do it. Whereas, you know, Instagram's reach means you don't have to worry about it. So that's one of the things that I was like, dude, you saw this coming. This is your, your cynicism was actually one step off reality. If you'd thought about the technology that might've been coming down the pipe, Mm. because this was May what? 2009. 2009. 2009. Dude, like if you looked at MySpace and been like, maybe this could work. Uh, Seen Facebook. Yeah, because, I mean, Facebook was only just starting at that point, but it was before they obviously incorporated advertising. Yeah, MyFace was there though. Yeah, MySpace was there. (laughs) Yeah, MyFace. (laughs) Never forget that good old Tom. (laughs) Look, I had three friends and he was one of them. Oh, yeah, I bet. (laughs) What a bloke. Oh, no, he was a ripper of a bloke. But, yeah, I I think that's a a really, really interesting point about that. I certainly didn't think of it in that direction I did at all in terms of it being a prediction I was only thinking of it more about how I don't think much it was, I don't think it was meant as a yeah. prediction I just feel like it accidentally did yeah it, well it's an interesting point but I think for me the thing that I really got about this film is really about how consumerism is really dangerous right. Gary, That's what Gary I'm Cole's character here we go yeah we have to talk about this now as I said Gary Cole he's the most sympathetic character in the film he's one where he's your average, he's average, average upper middle class dude I agree and his performance is really good and you know because at the heart of it He's doing things to try and make his and his wife's life Life better. better. Exactly. Because she's pretty despondent. Yes. So he's buying her things and he's trying to engage with her physically and stuff. Yeah, they're isolated from one another. To start having sex again and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they're very distant. Yeah, And he feels like... and. Outwardly, you could look at his house and his position and be like, you haven't got much to complain about. No. But the, the person, the peopleness between and the relationship between him and his wife are so gone. Yeah, I know. It's and so, so that's where he's trying to do it. So you get empathy for his character because, you know, you see him, he's out there, he's walking the dog, it's shitting everywhere, he's mm. picking it up, he's not happy at home. Mm. So you feel for this guy. Mm. And also he starts following some of Steve's advice and he buys his wife stuff just out of the blue and mm. things get better and he gets laid and all that sort of fun stuff. Yeah, But then... He keeps trying to do it that way. So Mm. he's like, oh, spending money got me better in my life. Mm. So I need to keep spending money. And as he was confronting me, he's like, every time I come around here, you've got something fucking new. You've got all these things. And it's always in my face. Trying to keep up. And he's maxed himself out. And he's as a result of that, he's super dead. He, he's going to lose his house. That's right. He and there's only there was only one thing that he thought that he could do. Yep. And that's the sad part of the film. And you know he ends up getting, like you mentioned before about the lawnmower at the start of the podcast today, and so with the one with the tele, on. yeah, with the television. So he yeah he straps himself to it and then it goes in the pool and he commits suicide. So and he, he drowns himself on yeah. his lawnmower. And the it's just so sad that that happens. And then you see um, the other thing, which 
is probably the only really good bit of direction I can give credit to this filmmaker is the way that they put all of these letters and things around, you know, when the wife was going down the stairs yeah. and seeing the body in the water. But then, of course, you see um, Steve's character goes over and tries to save him, obviously, clearly, clearly is dead. But the thing that I find really interesting about this next part is the what the right thing that David Duchovny's character has to do. Yeah. And He's when like, he it's did, reached a point. Exactly. And when he did that, I thought, fantastic. That's the right thing for you to do. But the other thing that I kind of liked about it at that moment in time is about the Demi Moore character. Yeah. And what she did and the other two kids did yeah. was their reaction, get in the car, Drive away. Get the fuck out of there. And get the fuck out of the way. And I thought that was kind of perfect because I was, ex- I wanted that from that character of yeah. Jimmy Moore. I wanted her to be a cold hard bitch and just accept and, and not have one bit of remorse or, or be empathy upset or empathy yeah. about the situation that someone has committed suicide as a result of their own actions. But also the way that those three characters are, you know, they're experienced in this and yeah. they've done other places and they've been other families and been other people and yeah. sold other things. You know, like their thing is they're running the job and that's, that's how they right. feel about it. Yeah. You know. And for him to come clean and he comes clean and he mentions it to the entire community. Everyone that's standing around at the moment moment where they've just got you know paramedics coming in and all that yeah. sort of stuff and he just lays it all out and i think that to me uh was probably the best part agreed of the film that whole moment because for me it goes back to the society i mean you were thinking more of as a prediction which i, I find a really interesting um idea yeah where for me i was looking at more at the time period yeah because i could only imagine how people right around the world would have been in that same kind of position. Maybe yeah. not to go to that extreme. Some people definitely may have did. or definitely yeah. did, 100%. I'm not yeah, yeah. discounting that at all. But there would have been people in such a dire straits with regard to their financial situation as a result of the would have seemed like the only way out. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. And that's to me, is the realistic element of this film, which uh, I liked. Yes, yeah, so. And I was kind of hoping... I knew that there was still that subplot that was not fully resolved yet and which is, of course, going back to the Demi Moore character because David Duchovny still seems to be in love <sighs> with this woman, which is where the film once again goes so, down for me. Yeah, so they've taken off and he gets an offer from Horrible Lady again. Do you want a, Do you want another shot? Yeah. And he's like, nah. nah. And he sort of pulls the pin and steals the Audi. And they've been moved on and it shows them moving into another house and it's the Demi Moore character and she's got another... Steve, mm. effectively, mm. and the other two kids, and they're there. Yeah, and he goes in to confront her, and she's like, no, "What are you doing? This was only, you know." So she tries to tell him that it was only a job, mm. and he's like, "But it wasn't." And she, she was, it is. And I thought the bit where the son saw him outside. Yeah, I thought that was nice because in the film, that to me was nearly like he walks eh, credits. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, credit for doing. So the he right comes thing. out and he's like, um, "Look, it was cool," and and they. I mean, they sort of had little scenes where you can see that their relationship was building and yeah. it was cool. And he's like, well, at least I'm out in this one. He's like, well, that's really nice. Yeah. Man. He goes, I'm glad you're not living a lie. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Coming out as gay. Exactly. It's perfect. So yeah. that was kind of cool. And mm. then he's like, you know, they've been looking for the car. So he just throws in the keys yeah. and just walks off. And walks off. And, and then it goes to this shot of him silhouetted 
down a road with cars coming past him. And to me, uh, I'm just going to stop you there. That's where I wanted the film to end. Same. <laughs> I really did. So fucking hard I wanted it to end. I, I wanted like, it. Because I thought... Because I thought it'd be really good just to fucking tease the audience with a couple of cars going past. Yes. And then just dip to black. I totally agree. That's what I wanted because I wanted to get that idea of how exactly cold this Demi Moore character is. But also how ugly that whole industry and feeling of and course. everything about and it. That's, yes. And that's the disappointment that I have about this film. And it goes back to what you were saying before about... Yeah, you're right. Like... None of the ideas that are evident in the film, which is what is should be the most important thing, is not expressed very well. Yeah. Because you've got these ridiculous little subplots that ruin it. Yeah. That absolutely ruin it. And goes back to this cliche moment where all of a sudden, he, yeah, as you said, that silhouette shot where he's walking down the street and you've got the backlight sort of reflecting on him there. And then Demi Moore is just driving past and then they're like, oh, we're going to go to Arizona now. Yeah. That little thing. That, yeah, because they had a that, conversation that's where his parents lived. And exactly. And then they drive off. And then when I saw that, Ugh. I was so disappointed. So was I. By it. Such a shame. And look, the only thing, I was mulling this over on the way to Studio D. Yes. I was really thinking about this. The only thing that I could think they were maybe trying to do is to show that the only thing that can save you from consumerism is human connection but yeah. the trouble is there was never that much genuine connection between them in the first place no there even wasn't. when that was the big oh fuck she finally quit and became a human being you don't feel it you don't no so it's just like yeah. so to me it was like trying to do the thing where it's like oh it's it's gonna be okay as long as we love each other mm. it's not but they fucked it up by actually having her come back so it's like well Pick one thing you want to do. Yeah. So you've done this really amazing scene where a man has maxed himself out. You, Every man has drowned himself mm. on a lawnmower on in a, a lawn. fucking pool. Yeah, exactly. You know, when people are pulling yeah. him out, he's like, I was here to sell. And you've got all this amazing explosion for what it was. And then the conf- confrontation in the kitchen where she's like, it wasn't a real. And she's like, no, mm. that's it, man. It yep. should have just had a couple of teaser cars go past. Can you imagine what a parasite would have been like at the dream sequence at the end mm. where he's going through the things that he's going to do for his dad yep. and it ended before he woke up in his shitty underground apartment? Yeah, I know. Like, that movie would not have won an Oscar. It wouldn't have won an Oscar. Because it's stuck to its theme of poverty. You can't get the fuck out of it. That's right. So that's why it was so effective is that he had his dream sequence. I'm going to work. I'm going to get an amazing Mm. job. I'm going to work up. I'm going to buy that house. And then you can come out and sit in the sun with me. No, you're not. No. And that's why I'm disappointed with it. Ditto. You know, because there's so much potential with this idea. Too much potential. Holy shit, that's just it. And that was the thing. Like, I was watching this, like, these ideas and this concept and these characters and that community that you've got there and these incidents that happen, the car crash, the drowning, the party with the confrontations and the manipulation Mm. of everybody else. Like, fuck, you could have done so So much. So much with it. So much with it. I totally agree. So, but before we get to our ratings... I just thought I would share Donato's oh, rating shit. because not only has Donato uh, told us the rating, he's actually written a review. Dude, legend! That Let's he has it. requested for me to read out to everybody. All right, hit it. All right, so I'm going this to quote Donato. So this is Donato's review of The Joneses. So he says... I first watched The Joneses back when it came out around 2009, knowing absolutely nothing about it, and remember being blown away when I first saw it. I thought the concept was really clever. A fake family planted by a marketing company is crazy, and yet in today's world, strangely conceivable. Yeah, mate. goes back to what you were saying before, Pi. Absolutely, man. And I totally agree with that, too. Um, I'd imagine if you'd seen this when it came out, too, you'd be like, fuck. I know. The problem with these, we got 
got 10 years on that. Yeah. We've seen where it's actually gone. Yeah. And uh, so going back to his quoting, uh, and all of the twists caught me completely off guard. Actually, I, I'm going to say to Donato, I agree with that. Because um, the, they definitely caught me off guard, but they caught me off guard more in a negative space than they did for a positive space for me. That's me personally, but... Yeah, I mean, especially at the start of the film. For oh, me. with the daughter trying. Yeah, to Yeah, oh, just all that. You were like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" Yeah, I know. What is this? Yeah, exactly. What have you done to me, Donato? <laughs> exactly, Donato. No. <laughs> uh, so he also says it's definitely more effective going into this blind because on the second viewing, twelve years later, I admit it didn't have the same effect when you already knew everything. Yeah, but I thought I'd nominate it because it's a film that I feel is undeservingly overlooked. So I was curious to see what you two thought. Oh, most people haven't even heard of it. True that, which is surprising considering the great cast. I think Gary Cole's performance was the standout. Oh no, shit! That's what he says. Oh, dude, yep. props. My one negative would be that it didn't quite hit the landing right by going with the happy ending. Dude. A satire like this needed something punchier to go out on. Yeah. Overall, though, I still really enjoyed it and can't wait to hear your thoughts. He gives it three and a half out of five. Oh, man, it's not getting three and a half for me. No, it's not getting a three and a half for me either. (laughs) So you could start with that. I'm going to give it two. Yeah, two. Wow, a little bit lower. I had a feeling that you were probably going to give it maybe a little bit higher than I was. Nah, see, my problem was that I guess the first time you would have seen it in the midst of the GFC with everything else, yeah. that would have been a really subversive idea. Yeah. But considering where marketing has gone in the last 10 years yeah. and my cynicism with it, for me, as soon as I saw them, like, as soon as I saw the interaction, as soon as they got into the house and the conversation where they were talking about it, I was like, you guys just sound like scummy salesmen. I totally agree. So I'd picked it before they came in there, but that was probably, you know, again, one of the things from the time frame. Yeah. I think the shooting was bad. I, I'm really punching this film in the dick because it missed so many opportunities to do something fucking amazing. And that's why my rating's pretty low too. I mean, I'm giving it a half a star more than you. Two's I'm, a half. I'm giving it two and a half. Well, for me, one of those entire points is just Gary Cole. Yeah, Gary Cole. And that's why um, the, the extra half for me sort of came with that last part just before it finished. Yeah. Like originally it could have had potential to almost get a three if it finished. If they'd buried the happy ending, I, I would have given it three. Yeah, I would have given it a three. But then when that happened and had to go half a, a star down. I literally flipped yeah. off my television. Oh, that's right. But like, I mean, I didn't give it a two. I was contemplating giving it two at first. But the reason why I gave it a little bit extra is because it goes back to how good this idea is. It's just not executed well. No. And it really goes off in a tangent with these ridiculous subplots that just really don't fit the bill. But the ideas and the messages, which should be what makes this film or what could potentially make a memorable idea, it just doesn't. And that's the shameful thing about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So what have we got next week? Oh, next week. It's Dino's choice. choice. (laughs) Oh, Oh, look. Lucky out. I am, I am going back to one of my favourite decades of cinema. Oh, shit. And I'm talking about the 1970s. Oof. Big sideburns, I tight pants. love the Full 1970s. Bush. Absolutely. I've decided to choose a film. Choose and chosen Full Bush. Yes, absolutely. We're going very late 70s. And I've decided to choose a film with Jack Lemmon. 
Oh, shit. Jack Lemmon. It's a good thing Jack Lemmon only made 400 films. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd be able to fucking You'd be able it. to. Okay, so that was your first one. All right, maybe uh, another actor. Would you like to know? For if this it's one? Walter Matthau, I'm out. No, nah, it's not. It's <laughs> definitely not Walter Matthau. That Who's is. in it? Okay. Tell me what it is. So, uh, we've got Jack Lemmon. We have Jane Fonda. And we have Michael Douglas. And I'm talking about the 1979 Ooh. James Bridges film, The China Syndrome. The China Syndrome. Fuck, I yes. haven't seen this in years. I know, I haven't either. And it's in, I'm going to be really curious to see this film again. And, Same. And the reason why I say that is because I know a little bit about it with regard to how the film was received at the time right. of release. Okay. But I won't talk about that now. I'll talk about that in next week's episode. But not only that, it's also a really interesting look at what the media was like in the 70s. Yeah. And so between that and network. That, yeah, it, that's right. Well, network's more of a satirical <laughs> kind of look at no, it. Whereas, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Well, it, sati- it was then. Back back then it was. Now yeah, it's it beyond now. realistic. Um, but with the China syndrome, what's interesting is you've got that sort of juxtaposition between news media versus the issues regarding nuclear power oh, yeah. and um, the effects that that has on society. But also as well, the name of the film, the China syndrome. syndrome. <laughs> Kind of alarms me now, but <laughs> jeez, I know. So there we go. Next week's film, sweet. All right, all right. I'm in. Thanks, all right. man. I am too. And a very big thank you to Donato oh, for yeah, choosing cheers, the Joneses, and we look forward to your company next week. Thank you.